Hey, what's up, poets and poets? Welcome back to another episode of Pop and Poetry. I'm your host, Amanda Torres. And I'm your other host, Kaini Holpi. So this week, we are going to dive into um, my personal favorite poet, Emily Dickinson. Um, we are reading her poem, I Am Nobody, Who Are You? Who are you? I don't know. Great question. All right, before we get into it, I'm going to give you a little breakdown on Emily Dickinson's biography. So Emily Dickinson was born on December 10th, 1830 in Amherst, Massachusetts. She attended Mount Holyoke Female Seminary in South Hadley for only one year. Um, Dickinson's poetry was heavily influenced by the meta- metaphysical poets of the 17th century England, as well as her reading of the Book of Revelation and her upbringing in the Puritan New England town, which encouraged a Calvinist or, ortho- or Orthodox and conservative approach to Christi- Christianity. Upon her death, Dickinson's family discovered 40 handbound volumes of nearly 1,800 poems as they... <clears throat> Um, Dickinson assembled these little booklets by folding and sewing five or six sheets of stationary paper and copying what seemed to be the final versions of the poems. All right, so real quick, we're going to say some interesting facts about Emily Dickinson. Her father was a United States senator. Emily Dickinson was born into a privileged life in Amherst, Massachusetts. Only 10 of her poems were published during her entire lifetime. She was incredibly reclusive. And she spent 15, her last 15 years, or the past 15 years? The last 15 years. The last 15 years of her life locked up in her house. She loved a man whose identity remains a great mystery to us today. And she loves gardening. And those are the interesting facts about uh, Miss Dickinson. All right, so now we're going to read the poem. It is incredibly short. This is I Am Nobody, Who Are You by Emily Dickinson. I am nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell. They advertised us, you know. How dreary to be somebody. How public, like a frog. To tell one's name, the live long June, to an admiring bog. So basically, the main theme of this poem by Emily Dickinson is about self-identity as individuals in society and in ourselves. So, um, I Am Nobody, Who Are You is a short poem made up of two stanzas, um, each of which is a quatrain. It is also a poem of two halves in the sense that each quatrain does something distinctly different. Alright, so the first stanza sees the speaker reaching out to another person, perhaps the reader, or all the other nobodies in the world and introducing themselves as nobody. This quatrain is a kind of two-way conversation of which the reader sees only one side. It's kind of like the speaker feels an infinity with the addressee and in hushed excited tones implores this second person to keep the nobody status that that the two share between them as kind of a secret. So, just pretty much overall, this first stanza is about identity and solidarity, um, which is super interesting um, because the second stanza stanza completely shifts the poem. The second stanza shifts the poem into a discussion about people who are trying to be somebody. By explaining some of the like negative things about being a somebody, this stanza also makes it clearer on what's good about being a nobody. 
Like being a nobody is not jury, public, or dependent on admiration. The sound of the meter in I'm Nobody, Who Are You? is characteristic of Emily Dickinson's poetry more generally. Overall, the poem is generally iambic. 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 I said that right, right? Yeah, iambic. It's an iambic poem. Such a weird word. Such a weird word. Why do they name poems like that? I don't know. My gosh. Um, This poem uses rhyme, but overall it's too regular to call it a scheme. So the first two lines rhyme, and then lines six and eight formed a rhyme pair as well. The speaker in this poem is not specified, but identifies themselves as nobody. They see being nobody, which perhaps means being private and humble, as preferable to being somebody. It's really cool because the poem is kind of a conversation without a specified place or time. The reader's only clue as, a, as to a setting is which is not something the poem relies heavily upon is the tone of the speaker. The speaker is clearly surprised to stumble across another nobody and the exclamation marks and dashes create a sense of hushed excitement around this discovery. In the poem's only instance of symbolism, the speaker compares being a somebody to being like a frog. And I find this very interesting that she uses this specific like symbolism yeah. or I guess imagery, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because um, she uses frog because it's like a public creature, which refers to the fact that frogs like to announce their presence via loud croaks. Like they want to make sure all the other frogs around them know that they are here. Yeah, like they know what's up. Exactly. And so she compares this to somebody's that they also, sorry, I said that weird. They also like to talk about themselves all the live long day. They just want everyone or not really everyone, but more like this other somebody's quote-unquote yeah to know that they're there as well and I think it creates this the society of keeping up with your appearances and that everyone has to look like the them best selves yeah as always it's a very much like and like it goes back to the main theme of this poem of identity and finding our identities in society which she kind of breaks it down into two you know parts you know the nobodies and the somebodies yeah but i don't think you really need to be either i feel like you could be your own person in society um but yeah i love this poem all right so lastly she uses anaphora which occurs in the second stanza but both with the repeated how in lines five and six with the repeated two in lines seven and eight to understand why anaphora is used here you have to consider the overall movement of the poem The first stanza shows the speaker recognizing another nobody speaking to this addressee in excited hushed tones by imploring him or her not to let anyone know that they two have found each other. In other words, the first stanza develops this idea of being a nobody. The second stanza, however, is like a mirror image of the first, discussing instead the idea of somebody, which also helps define nobody. But in general, the speaker believes that it's better to be nobody and that it's actually quite boring and dreary to be somebody. All right, so now that we're done discussing the literary elements that make the poem the poem, um, what did you think about it? I loved it. When I first like read it through, I was kind of like, bro, what is she saying? But I think, I think that's with most poems. You have to like read it a second time or like really dig deep into it, and then you understand what 
the true meaning behind it and you have to learn how to connect yourself with it as well yeah definitely and I think being you know and the time of lives we are finding your own identity and finding your own self and just finding yourself in our own in our society is huge I think um you know I think we all go we all come from a stage of being kind of nobodies to somebody to somebody's but you know being somebody's to ourselves and really kind of making that transition um identity is super huge and you know it's hard for people to find their identity in society yeah especially us like at least going through high school this is where like especially senior year specifically like we need to figure out like where we're gonna go like for college and like what we want to major in like that's our path of our for the rest of our lives really yeah so we really the idea of like finding figuring out who we are and what we mean to ourselves like our self-worth yeah is so important and it's also so hard to do yeah in this like negative world where everyone's competing to be a somebody rather than being like together yeah that makes sense no it's like you know we're it's like we're a cat thrown to the dogs or something like yeah you know it's, everything's about competition yeah and i like that this is more about don't care about showing off who you are just care about being being somebody to yourself yeah i think is what it's trying to say and i like that yeah and emily dickinson is a great writer she was always felt like a nobody even though she was born into a very privileged life um since her father was a united states senator um but she felt like that because her father didn't understand her writing poems and didn't really think women should in society so um you know for her this was kind of like i guess like her statement of identity um and yeah she's just an amazing poet there's also a tv show on apple tv that came out last year about her it's really funny it stars Haley steinfeld um and this is how i kind of fell into a big hole into emily dickinson i knew who she was i knew some of her poems big hole because you're like addicted to her type of poems (laughs) like you can't get out of it yeah 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 um and the show is super funny it like kind of brings like a modern twist to like the century she lived in super funny recommend checking it out um but that this is that that bro you really cannot talk i can never speak it's okay we can't who needs to talk during podcasts i i don't know i don't know who (laughs) (laughs) anyways anyways so that's the end of this week's episode of pop and poetry um we'll be back next week who do you want to discuss what poem do you want to discuss oh i don't know i don't know we'll figure it out all right goodbye poets bye guys see you next time